0: Welcome to Unlocking Impact. I'm your host, Sarah Schoenfeld, CEO of the Trade Impact Foundation. In this podcast, we cover issues at the intersection of the global economy, sustainability, and human rights. Welcome to part two of the Climate Solo series. In this episode, I'll cover tips for really understanding the global climate solutions and how to be a part of that conversation. So what we're hearing out of the COP26 conference, we're hearing a lot of great things. We're hearing a lot of wonderful commitments and collaborations. And those are very important to understand and to internalize. But also, we're also hearing that countries are just not doing enough. So now that COP26 is over, what do we do with all this information and all the headlines that we've seen and all the efforts and good faith and not as good faith? efforts that we've seen. There's three steps, big steps we need to take and that you need to take to support the climate progress. Okay, first of all, we need to simplify the issue. We all need to speak the same climate language. Second, at the same time, we need to make sure we're not understating the complexity of the problem. And finally, embrace your role, whatever that is, Because this is a huge communal effort, and you have a role to play. So first, let's get caught up so that we can speak the same climate language. So experts generally agree on the following key facts. At the basic level, climate change refers to the Earth's warming trend, which scientists have attributed to the trapping of heat in our atmosphere. So global temperatures have risen since pre-industrial times, and the 10 warmest years on record have all occurred since 2005. Much of this warming has been caused by greenhouse gases, which include carbon dioxide and methane and others, which are emitted as a result of human activities. These human activities include manufacturing, transportation, agriculture, energy. The consequences of this warming could be devastating. And depending on the rate at which the Earth continues to warm, we might see very severe weather or other natural disasters or changes to the earth, according to experts. So any variation in climate will impact humans and the systems that we've relied on for thousands of years. But to prevent the worst consequences of climate change, there is a widespread agreement that unprecedented and communal effort is needed. And I think something that helps me also think about all this is You know, thinking of the Earth and how how long Earth has been around and considering how, you know, sure, the climate of Earth has changed over years and years and years. But something that's so different is, you know, our human activity has changed drastically in this past small period of time. And all the different things that we're doing, you know, as a result of technology and innovations, we are causing a lot of pollution all over the world. And we've known about this for some time and I think now we're all seeing the environmental degradation and you know, increased temperatures. Okay. So Bill Gates is a leading innovator in the space and he actually recently pledged 1.5 billion dollars as part of a joint project with the federal with the US federal government that includes launching clean energy initiatives in the US, which is really exciting. I think that public private partnerships and we're seeing more and more of this all over the world, including in the U.S., on a host of different human rights issues. I think public-private partnerships are the way to go. Why not leverage all the knowledge that we have, right? Anyway, at COP26, Gates argued that we must scale this clean technology innovation in order to increase the accessibility of it all around the world and make sure that it's affordable because that's the way to make sure that everyone's going to be using this clean energy, right? We have to make sure. And he calls it the green premiums shouldn't be too high. You know, basically, it shouldn't cost too much more to have clean energy versus dirty energy. And today it does. Today it costs too much. And so we're not going to incentivize behavior around the world through more expensive energy. So we need to innovate and find ways to make clean energy a lot cheaper, basically. And it's not an easy thing to do. So the final piece on, you know, simplifying the issue, we need to get to zero. We need to get to zero in the long term. And I take that out of Bill Gates' new book on how to avoid a climate disaster. Let's get to zero. And that, that helps me so much. I say it so many times here, I know, but it really helps me because there's just so many numbers being thrown out there and so many solutions and everyone seems to have a different solution. And the point is that Everyone needs to be coming up with these solutions, and they're part of the solution, right? Everyone is coming up with partial solutions, but the goal is zero, right? We don't have one solution that's going to get us to zero. It's lots of different solutions, lots of people, lots of decision makers, lots of innovators coming up with solutions that will get us to zero in the long term. The zero piece, I know I'm going on about zero, but the zero also helps me with regards to collaboration because we need to... Look at it a little bit differently, right? We're not, we shouldn't be criticizing everyone constantly because they're not at zero yet, right? It's not possible to be at zero. It's not possible to manufacture and produce all the goods that we want to consume and not emit carbon into the atmosphere. We can't do it right now, but we shouldn't stop working on it and we should work on it with more and more urgency and put more resources into it. And I think we are doing that, in fact. So people will disagree on whether we're doing that enough and at the widespread level we need to do it or at the speed we need to do it. But we are seeing an increase in in clean energy technology and innovation as well as other clean innovation, green innovation. Okay. So hopefully some of that clears up, you know, simplifying the issue. Number one, let's simplify the issue. Let's speak the same language. And I I really hope that when you walk away from this podcast that you get some confidence in yourself and in your knowledge. Because when someone's talking about a clean energy or another clean technology solution, don't feel like, oh, my gosh, you know, I don't know enough. I can't ask any questions. Ask the really simple questions, really simple. You know, will this help? You know, what will this help? To what extent? How will it help? Really understand that. Right, understand the impact. Don't just read. Uh, if you you know, if you're reading an article and you say, well, you know, oh wow, they this company says that they have the solution to climate change. Oh, well, I guess we're good. No, take a closer look. What's the actual impact if this solution is implemented? Right, look at the impact. Trying to imagine that, and remember, you can ask. You know, will this get us to zero? <laughs> it's unlikely. Right, one piece is not going to get us to zero. So, what? what's important there is we need lots and lots of small and large innovations and solutions and efforts. Okay, number two. While we do need to, remember number one, simplify the issue, we, number two, must not understate the complexity of finding effective global climate solutions. Okay, experts do generally agree on the key facts and the the need for widespread focus on climate solutions, but there are so many different opinions on the path forward. And oftentimes, those proposed solutions can get so technical and complicated that it's hard to follow along. So I'm going to give you a few tips that I find helpful when reading about and talking about solutions. First of all, as I've been emphasizing, focus on innovation. We need massive innovation towards long-term solutions, right? Don't think about the short-term. Well, that's not true. We should think about the short-term as well because people are really being impacted today. And so the more we can do it in the short-term, the better. But we also need to remember this is a long game, right? It's a marathon, not a sprint. And we need massive innovation to get to where we want to go. So yes, we should drive everyone to make thoughtful, empathetic, ethical choices today. But at the same time, we can't criticize everyone for being imperfect in the short term because it's just not possible to be perfect right now. It's not. Consider the need for collaboration. Remember that this innovation we need requires a collaboration. So try not to isolate each other. Try not to antagonize each other. Try to talk and listen. Both, right? Talk to each other and listen to each other. When you're talking about global solutions, right? So Tips for talking about global solutions, about this very complicated global solution, right? Remembering we're not going to understate the complexity of finding an effective global solution, so we're going to focus on these tips. One is innovation. Innovation, and I would say collaboration goes right with it. You can't really innovate without collaborating at this scale that we want to innovate. When you hear about energy, and I know there's a lot of discussion about, let's just use clean energy. Done. Let's get rid of dirty energy. Let's get rid of anything that's not green. But don't forget that there are human beings in this world who don't have electric. They don't have electricity. And so imagine a harsh winter without electricity. Imagine your day without electricity, even if the weather is beautiful. We should be supporting people. We should be supporting those who want to improve upon their lives and and increase their standard of living. We should not be holding back energy from individuals just because it's not clean energy at the same time we should be working towards as much clean energy as possible so those are those are two different issues that tend to come together but i just want to mention it because when people are talking about energy solutions and how you know we need to completely do away with dirty energy let's remember that that's the goal that is that is the goal and that's the zero right remember the zero today we're at 51 billion tons we want to get to zero But don't forget about those human beings who live today and who really would like some access to affordable energy, and they can't afford clean energy today. But let's let's figure out how we can incorporate those people and make sure we're being conscious of their human rights as well. Okay, so we talked about the the focus on innovation, and I'd argue collaboration with there. We talked about being conscious about the rights of human beings all around the world to get access to energy, right? So now the last tip I have for you when making sure that you're not understating the complexity of finding an effective global climate solution, it comes to China, really a lot about China. I mean, I think a lot of these lessons will, these tips will also apply to somewhere like Russia, right? So we want to make sure that any country that is not keeping up with the with other countries in terms of climate commitments and, and focus We want to make sure we're incentivizing behavior that is positive. I focus in on China because when you look at the global economy and you think about the amount of global trade that passes through the South China Sea, a third of our global trade, a third of the products consumed in the world flow through the South China Sea. And when you look at China and the minimal commitments that have been made and it's complicated. I'm not saying that it's not complicated. It's not It's not that China sh- should be clean, you know, have, only use clean energy tomorrow. But we need to make sure, since the overwhelming consensus is that, well, China's not making the commitments, not focusing on the climate issue to the extent that that experts would like to see. So if we can't rely on a country, and in particular, we're talking about China, which is so important to supply chains and international trade and the goods that we consume and rely on. If we can't rely on China to make greater commitments and and strides on its own, we need to be cognizant to incentivize positive behavior. So we talked about simplifying the issue, right? Needing to speak the same climate language. And then we talked about making sure we're not understating the complexity So while we do need to, on one hand, simplify the issue, we also need to grasp that it's a complicated matter, right? And it's going to require a lot of brains put together to solve it. And so a few tips that I had was one is the long-term innovation. That's what's the most important to getting to that zero. And I think collaboration is so key there. Then I think the second tip is when we're talking about energy, just being very careful that we're not ignoring the needs of those who live on the earth today, especially those who are most vulnerable, and making sure we're being conscious of their human rights while still being very laser focused on green energy solutions and the affordability of that green energy. And finally, the third tip is make sure that when you're seeing a climate solution being proposed and you're make sure that the solution is addressing the China problem, which is So much of our goods are manufactured in China, and we need to make sure that any carbon solution incorporates a way to incentivize positive behavior when it comes to carbon being emitted in China. So finally, whoever you are, whatever you do, embrace your role. Legislators certainly have a role to play, but I think that what's overlooked more is the corporate and consumer role. If you are a corporate decision maker, there's lots that you can do at every level you have expertise on a specific piece of the puzzle that others don't have so work with your industry partners work with other experts in your field to brainstorm and develop and trial new solutions as a consumer you have so much power right in the aggregate we all the consumer have so much power and it's easy to say well i'm just one person but it matters it does matter and Companies are very focused right now on consumer behavior when it comes to ESG, environmental social governance metrics, when it comes to social you know, social impact sustainability, environmental sustainability in particular. Companies are looking to consumers in many ways as the inspiration for a lot of these sustainable policies. So keep focused on that and feel empowered that you, the consumer, have a lot of power. This has been Unlocking Impact. Thanks for joining our first ever solo series. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And next week we'll be back here with a guest. I hope you can join us then.